and welcome back to Reading Radio. I'm Laura. And I'm Jason. This month's book is To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. This was one of the books chosen by our Facebook page, I think. I have no idea. Yes. I'm not allowed on it. Yes, it was a top vote uh, that remained from our Facebook group's polls for what books we should do. And that, so it was the top. That's what we did. But before we jump into all that, you have a very important announcement. I am being published again. Yay! Tell us about it. So I entered a writing competition um, through Young Writers USA. It was a 100-word short story. That was the limits. And the theme was trapped. And my story was chosen to be published. Nice. And you didn't even tell us that you were putting in for this. No, I didn't. You just decided to surprise us. Yes, and then I forgot about it, and my mom opened the letter and called me up, and I completely forgot. And she used my name, and so I thought I was in trouble. And then she handed me the paper. So you, I didn't even know, because, okay, I was at work when this happened. You didn't even tell me this. I'm hearing this for the first time. So she opened your mail. Mm-hmm. Was it addressed to you or addressed to the parents of? I think it was addressed to me. <gasps> That's a felony. We might have to take this part out. Oh, no. Anyway, so yeah, so she found out, but you didn't get a chance to tell her. Yeah, she found out first. That's awesome. So what inspired you to write this story? I just saw it, and I kind of had nothing else to do because it was in the midst of quarantine, so I wrote it out. I went through a few drafts, and then like kind of settled on was um, they're trapped in a maze. Okay. So some sort of contest or something? Yeah. Hunger, Hunger Games-ish-like? Yeah. All right. All right. And you always like that kind of weird, trappy stuff. I, I, I'm worried for what things you're going to get into in the future. There's just weird that's stuff That's why I keep there. it in the books. All right, well, that's, I don't mean in real life. I mean the kind of... Anyway, we'll talk about limits on what you can put in your ear holes later. <laughs> but that sounds, like good, that sounds good. So I'm, uh, I'm buried deep in a new job, helping to save the world. We're helping to roll out the COVID vaccine. So it makes me feel really good about what I'm doing, but it is exhausting work. And so I barely have time to do anything outside of work and this podcast and run you kids all over the place. So I don't have a whole lot to share, but I am hoping to save the world. Yay! Super daddy. Yeah. Along with what you are saying earlier, if you are not a member of our Facebook group, uh, head over to Facebook. I always forget this. Slash groups slash reading radio podcast. I believe is the name of it. If you look for reading radio, you'll find us. But join the group. Uh, Jeff, tell us what your favorite book was a kid, as a kid to make sure you're not a robot. And then you also can get a chance to decide what we're going to read for future books. All right, initial impressions overall to Kill a Mockingbird. Go. I didn't have very many... I feel like I say this over every book. For the classics, yeah. For the classics. I didn't really have much of an expectation of it because it's not one of those books that tend to be read in school or at least other people... I haven't heard other people talking about Mm -hmm. it. So I was curious about it. I think I expected more of a fantasy style, and it wasn't. It was more of a realistic... Fiction? I'm not sure if, what's the right term. Like genre fiction? Yeah. It's just a story of what happened. Yeah, it's actually been banned in a lot of schools for the use of the N-word. Uh, I think Harper Lee's addressed that, and we don't have to get into any of that not, any of that kind of conversation now. But I don't know if they're reading it in schools anymore, maybe in high school level, because um, I think they still can read some Mark Twain and things like that that also that are uh, pieces of their time, I should say. That's mm-hmm. probably a good way to put that. Yeah, I, honestly, I knew something about it, but I totally got it mixed up with a book or a movie called A Time to Kill that starred Matthew McConaughey, and oh, I'll probably get in trouble for not getting this right. Maybe Morgan Freeman? No, it's not Morgan Freeman. And it might be uh, Samuel L. Jackson, actually. Anyway, I don't remember. It's But it's another trial 
Deep South kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I actually thought. I thought that movie was based off this book. Oh. So coming into it, I had a completely gone misconception because I never had to read this as a kid. But it was one of those things that I I always thought would be good to read. So uh, scale of one to five, what did you think? I give it a four. Yeah? I think it was really good. There were a few parts that were a bit off-putting, but I did enjoy it overall. Yeah, off-putting... Uh, we can talk about that in spoilers, I guess. Spoilers aren't. Man, I want to go four. I'm going to go four, although I'm really tempted to go four and a half. Because I love, I'm, I'm learning. I love these kind of stories where it's just, there's not big, there's not a mystery. There's not a MacGuffin. There's not a big bad guy plotting to take over the world. Like th- things like Penderwicks and Little Women and this. Mm-hmm. It's just a story of people's lives and a picture into a point in time. Now, obviously, it's probably, it's not completely realistic, but I'm sure there are millions of towns just like that in the Deep South in the 1930s. You know, I'm sure Lewistown, where you know where I'm from, is is much like that from the 1930s and 40s. Like, maybe not as you know culturally the same because we had different cultures in the country mm-hmm. a long time ago, where we weren't all watching the same television shows and whatnot across the country. So the South probably had some nuances that the North didn't have, and vice versa. But it, I love looking into those things. So I'm almost a four and a half, but I'm gonna stick with a four. Four and three quarters. No, nah, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work. Yeah. What do you think of the age? appropriate levelness. I'd say 14 or 15. Yeah. There was a... Nothing explicitly said, but the trial at the end was a question of whether or not this young one was raped. Yeah. So that would be questionable, especially because I'm going to guess younger kids would have questions about that. Sure. and Because it's not um, explained in the books. And the use of some culturally colorful language, we'll say, including the N-word. <laughs> Definitely want to keep that up around the 14, 15, depending on, yeah. depending on how your kids can deal with that kind of stuff. I think this is one of the first books we've done that's been older. Yeah, probably. We, we've done a lot of middle grade and young adult, but uh, classics, I think, tend to have that tendency to be older. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all. Like, The Secret Garden wasn't that way. Secret Garden was really good. That's another one, though. Uh, it had a little bit of the magic in it, but it was really more like the mind over matter stuff than any kind of real magic but mm-hmm. despite what the movie would make you believe don't get me started oh my gosh we need to do an episode <sighs> on that no we don't it would just be me yelling for an hour kind of entertaining though yeah i'm almost hesitant to do our next book just because i'm thinking i might start watching the movies before i read the books treason i know i know look we can have a little bit of a conversation on this and then we'll get into the to kill a mockingbird here's the thing if you read the book first and then watch the movie you almost never enjoy the movie but if you watch the movie first and then read the book, you enjoy them both. I'm going to say the book in question is The Knife That Never Let's Go, just to make that clear. And the movie is Chaos Walking. The Knife which... of Letting Go. The Knife of Never Letting Go. I thought it was... In... Okay, I'll trust you on that. It's the first book of the Chaos Walking series, which comes out, or is out right now, mm-hmm. as we record this in late February. It is late February. So it's coming out. But yeah... It... That's that. I I was very much a hardcore. You know, I made you watch. I made you read all the books before we watched the movies for everything. And now I'm thinking, if you want to have two enjoyable experiences, you might need to watch the movie first. Tell us what you think in the reading radio com- uh, reading radio Facebook group or on Twitter at reading radio show s h o because there's not enough letters to actually put w on Twitter. But tell us what you think whether you should read the books or watch the movies first. All right, you want to give a summary of the book. No, but I will say we're going to head into spoiler territory. So if you haven't read the book and don't want to be spoiled, stop, go read the book, listen to the audio, watch the movie even, come back, 
and join us for the conversation because we are now going to talk about everything in the book. I don't know where all this movie stuff's coming from, but dang, you've changed. <laughs> I'm growing wiser, maybe wiser, I don't know. I'm growing lazy <laughs> in my old age. Um, so, yeah, the summary of the book is obviously about Scout and her, her dad, Atticus, which is weird because they call him Atticus, and it took me a little bit to figure out that that was her father. Mm-hmm. Her brother, Jim, friend, Jim. Jim. It sounded like, so the reader in the audiobook, because I did the audiobook, the reader sounded with the, the accent like it was just the accent that made her say Jim. Jim. Because she's read it with mostly a southern accent. So I, I actually had to look in your book and see that that's what his name Jim. was. J-E-M. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and it's almost like it's two books. Yes. It's the story of their childhood and Boo Radley, who's the neighbor who stabbed his parents. Yeah. In a, in a weird, crazy rage and how he never leaves the house and... See, this is, this is what you don't understand, not living in a small town. I grew up in a small town. Every town had some crazy person or the story of some crazy person somewhere. And so they were almost like urban legends of your town before your town, before urban legends were like nationwide on the internet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we had ski pole man. This guy walked around wearing a, a, a backpacking backpack and carried ski poles all day long. It's probably some guy getting some hiking exercise, right? But we all thought he was crazy. And there was a couple other people around town that was like old crazy so-and-so. It was totally inappropriate. It was just the way you were when you're young and dumb. <laughs> so I related to that in that way. But I love the fact that the author laid out clues that he was all right. Like when he uh, stitched up Jem's pants and, and mm-hmm. folded them up and left them there for him. Like I thought that was a neat way to foreshadow that he's okay. It was an interesting way of introducing it. Yeah. As you see, don't, that's a good lesson. Don't introduce your characters in normal ways. Find interesting ways that fit their character to introduce bring them. them. Yeah, what'd you, so what'd you think? What were your memorable scenes? Memorable scenes. I don't know. I kind of liked in the beginning when they were just kind of like being kids and rolling around in the tire and like daring each other to go touch the house. Yeah. The kind of stupid stuff. Yeah, so we had an old house. I think I've pointed it out to you. It'd been abandoned and... I think they might be torn down now, but ever since I was a kid, and it was haunt- it was the haunted house, using air quotes, and we'd dare each other to go up to it and all that kind of stuff. See, living in the suburbs, you don't have that kind of adventure around here. Of course, you're also not that bored, because we were bored. There was no screens to entertain us. I think the author very much wrote Scout older than they stated her age to be. Is that because, and it, it's, you said it took you a while to read it, it's actually the adult scout going back and telling the story of how Jem broke his arm from the beginning. So it's actually an adult narrator telling the story of her childhood self. Does that, that make be it. Does that make you feel any better about it? Yes. I, and I didn't figure that out myself. I read it on some websites when I was researching for the book. So here's the question. I grew up with a lot of these images, I guess being more exposed to some of the ideas of racism, not like that my not anyone I knew was, but there was a lot of shows on TV that exposed that as people were trying to come out of the 70s into the 80s, that sort of thing. What were your impressions of like the kids' relationship with Calpurnia and then the, the two communities of the white folk and the black folk in the town and how they inter- interacted with each other? I think the scene where the kids go to church with Calpurnia is a really good example of setting that up without explicitly stating it. Mm -hmm. I think this book does a really good job of showing, not telling. Yes. Yeah. Which is like advice that's all over the internet for writers. Show, not tell. And so it does a good job of laying that out about the bigger cultural differences 
that you may not see as much of now. So it was, like, how people were kind of disgusted of having the two young white kids in their church. So don't be confused. Uh, Church is the one place where there are still massive divides. Mm -hmm. Like, there's major cultural differences with a traditional black church and a traditional white church. Now, there are some places, obviously, where that's that's blended together and you you have kind of mixed cultures, if you were, but... I loved that that whole scene of, of laying that out. How Cal took him to church, and then I loved how Auntie was so confused, was so upset that she they went to church with her. It's like, what do you care? They went to church. They heard a sermon. Now I actually have been to a church where it's like we're not leaving until we get enough money. Wait, seriously? Yeah, yeah, very seriously. It's like an old, <laughs> it's, and it's not. I mean, they didn't ever really lock the doors. Well, maybe they did in the book. in In fire code days, they don't really lock doors, but they'll say we're locking the doors, kind of stuff. And it was just, it's a throwback to that old Southern revivalist kind of style. And just kind of drew, brought me back to it, watching that. I didn't realize it was an actual thing. That see, I thought that was just more, one of the more fictionalized parts of oh, the Oh, no, book. that's a real thing. People would, people would, we're not leaving here, especially if it's like for a particular mm-hmm. purpose, like to take care of Tom. We're not leaving here until we've got enough to take care of Tom. So y'all, another quarter from everybody. But I think you're, you're talking about how she shows and not tells is one of the reasons this is a classic because mm-hmm. it stays along as well because it does even though it does age quite a bit it does a good job of reiterating the points that she's trying to point out that do become important for the book wait wait it aged the book ages or the the author or the narrator scout ages the book ages okay so some of the differences um have changed obviously because that's what happens yeah but then the author reiterates the fact and accentuates the points that she needs to without telling you right out. So it does bring you into that time, even if yeah. you never really experienced it. Yeah, so another great example of that is the rabid dog. Mm-hmm. Like I, she's starting down this tale of a rabid dog. First of all, I accidentally tried to switch from one device to another. And I heard I, it. Well, I just like, who's wandering down the street? Is some drunk wandering down the street? I had to back up and find out what happened. I think I fell asleep listening to it. That's what I had to do. But anyway. I thought it was a drunk at first as well, reading it. So, this rabid dog's coming down, and you're just like, where is this going? Is this just one of those weird scenes where it's just a filler? Like, it doesn't really have a point? And then you're like, he start, why is he asking Atticus to take a shot? That doesn't make any sense. Oh. And then you find out this whole history of Atticus, which doesn't, doesn't play out a whole lot. To the rest of the story, but it does give you some insight as to Atticus isn't quite who Scout believes laid, he is. La- yeah, laid him out to be as this perfect saint. And you always see your parents as perfect until you get old enough to know better. I'll t- I've told you all along I'm not perfect, so it doesn't. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I'll have your bubble burst at some point. What did you think of Scout's teacher? Okay, it's been a minute. So she told her not to read. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that seems like a very interesting thing to tell a kid. <laughs> Like, let's take the advanced kid and say, no, you stop learning. Stop learning. Stop writing. Yeah. Go be dumb. And her whole, like, she's like, you don't, you're going to take away my time with my father where we read together? Oh, no. Like, I love Scout's attitude about it. She's like, that's just not going to happen. And she's six, too, which makes it even better. She's like, no. Yeah. I'm going to keep reading. And could you imagine a day where kids showed up for the first day of school and then never came back again? I mean, that's a very rural thing. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't need no book learning kind of stuff. I wish I could do that. Really? You no, end up with yes. the Yules? I mean, there's a reason we make you learn even when you don't want to. <laughs> even when we try to find ways that make it productive. You're going to find you learn so much from doing a podcast. You're like, Dad was teaching me the whole time. 
mind blown. Oh, this is a learning tool. Oh, that yeah. That changes things. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have you reprogramming the website in no time. Because <laughs> it does need some work. We understand. Under construction. Yeah. So what else? What was interesting? Why do you think this is... This, did I already ask that? Why is this a classic? We kind of discussed it already. Okay. All right. So it's interesting to point out, like, the different facts about the kids and how she, like, the school scenes did a good po- way of giving, showing Scout's personality about how she was so quick to go to a fight to protect the people she cares about, mm-hmm. which does a good job of, again, showing that personality without, like, somebody else pointing out the fact that she's a more aggressive, hot-headed character. Yeah. Which, I mean, she's a great character. Yes. Very, I mean, I could see this, like, six-year-old girl, like... Not wearing her dresses like she's supposed to back in the 30s. And her dad just being like, yeah, she'll do what she's going to do. and She's fine. She'll grow up. You know, whatever she wants to be. I can just picture Atticus. Like, thick, thick horn-rimmed glasses. and Just kind of giving up at some point. Not giving up, but just understanding that she she is who she's going to be. And if he tries to fight against that, it's not going to turn well. And the parts where she did have to wear a dress were funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like a punishment. Like, around her aunt, because she hated her to begin with, so... It's interesting. Well, and she, yeah, she didn't hate her as a person, just that she tried to change her and tried to make her be something she's not. Mm-hmm. And she hated having those faked interactions that she'd have around town kind of thing. What did you think of Mrs. Henry Lafayette Dubois? Dubois, depending on... That's how they pronounce it in the audio book. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. She was an interest like... Interesting character to begin with. Kind of the older, cranky woman of the neighborhood. I feel like, again, everyone has Every that one. Every neighborhood has that, yeah. And so then they do... What did they do? They She, she kept insulting. She insult, insulted Atticus, and so Jem, like, trashed her flowers. And so then she Jem has to go and read to her day yeah. after day. Uh-huh. And you remember, like, what was happening? That She had been setting her alarm back further and further, so they had to stay longer. Oh, I didn't mean that part. So she'd been hooked on opium. Oh yeah. Like this was this was a tell not show, but there's really not a way to show, show it. it. Other, I mean, he showed she showed the whole process of what she went through in her mm-hmm. withdrawals, but to give that reveal at the end, uh, where she was like nothing's gonna have a hold on me, and despite the pain and non, and everything she had to go through, she was going to go meet her maker with nothing having a hold on her. So that detoxing that she had to go through was I mean it's it's vicious. And I'm sure there was nothing to help. Like, we have drugs now that kind of help wean you off of it and that kind of thing. But she probably wouldn't have taken any of those. Because she just wanted to get herself clean, cold turkey, and go go on. I don't know, power, I don't know why that struck me so much. Because it was just kind of a... It wasn't a throwaway, but it was a, it was a sidetrack. Yes. But it was a really powerful sidetrack. I think there's a lot of good, like, miniature lessons like that throughout yeah. the course of the book. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot, a lot of little things there, like... You know, not judging people, um, and we are sure. I mean, I think we or do. We both agree that the the hole in the tree that they were fit, fit, was Boo Radley, mm-hmm. and so building that relationship with him, and not judging people by the exteriors, and not taking things for granted, standing up for what you believe in. Like so many good messages. Um, we're about halfway, so let's get into the second. Oh, we are about halfway. Second book or second half of the book with the trial of Tom Robinson. I thought this part was interesting. In what way? The whole thing. <laughs> Can you be more specific? In what way was it interesting? It was interesting to see how the kids reacted and how everyone was so keen on keeping the women and children out of the courtroom. Mm. So that was also an interesting part. And then kind of talking about how this was closer to the end. 
how the people, the jury was so, would have been so easily influenced by choosing the choice, even if they didn't believe in it because they thought, because they wanted to keep their businesses going. Yeah. I mean, a small town, that's tough. That's why they should have asked for a change of venue. And I think they mentioned it, but I can't remember what it came, what came of. Mm. Do you think Atticus would have taken the case if he wouldn't have been assigned to it? I think if Tom would have asked him, he probably would have. You think? Yes. Because he, he did definitely fall under that, like, I'm doing it because I have to. That would mm-hmm. be a good defense for him publicly. But he seemed like the kind of guy who would have done it. Would have done it anyway. At least that's that's the way Scout's portraying. Now, whether she's a uh, reliable narrator or not, it's kind of up in the air. Like, again, you said you always look at your, especially in retrospect, you look at your parents, you know, with rose-colored glasses. So maybe she's looking at him differently, but I love that he put somebody on the tr- on the jury that he thought might. How do you say it? Vote against him. Yeah, like he probably knew everybody would, but he thought at least one person would have gained respect enough for him with that um, jail jailhouse stand mm-hmm. that they took. There's a lot of truth in that. Like people not getting a chance to get to trial because. People knock them off. Well, treacherous, yeah, treacherous sheriffs just step out of the way and let the mob come in and do justice. There's a there's a horrible history of that in in Southern America particularly, but I'm sure other parts of America as well. So that was a good insight to kind of that era of what might have happened. But I love that he's just sitting there, and then what's his name had the gun, like the gun had him covered with a rifle from above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we did have we did have something to take care of. That it's a good story. I think it is. And if this was written today, I feel like Tom would have gotten gotten away or gotten off. Yes, they would have never had a story where that's definitely reality. The fact, I mean, he wasn't going to get a, get a, get off scot free, despite the fact that it was obvious what happened. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, but again, that could be unreliable narrator. I don't know. But with, for the way the story is written, he should have been found innocent, obviously. Yes. But it was just showing that that's the injustice of the system. That's the culture, which again, good job showing that. Time. Yeah, I said much. that very, very many times. But it's a good like. This was written thirty in the sixties, I think. No, it's in the thirties. Was it written in the thirties? Oh, written, written. It was published in 1960, but it's set in the 30s. I'm with you now. Go ahead. Did a good job of almost acting as a history book, almost. Because then you learn things. That's the best way to learn things without intending to. So you know that you're able to glean knowledge about what the past would have been like without living through it or just getting a list of facts. All books that are somewhat realistic can act as glimpses into history. It's almost like you're learning by reading. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're gonna make me stop reading. No, yeah. There's no power in the verse that can make you stop reading. <laughs> You're right. All right. So after the trial, we've got the situation. The Halloween. Yeah. Which let's just get, let's we can get right to the end with with Mr. Yule attacking the kids. You want to attack Atticus? That's fine. But to attack his children. Which yeah. I guess uh, I could see kind of the, the poetic justice in it because Atticus somewhat attacked his daughter on the stand. Yes, ish. But we're talking about a s- not eight year old and a twelve year old or something like that. Yeah, and you're a grown man with a knife. I got I got no sympathy in the dark. Yeah, I got no sympathy for what happened. Um, but here's so here's the question: Were the sheriff and Atticus wrong? For not at least taking it to trial and calling it self-defense. Technically, yes. 
But at the same time, I believe that it was... I think I would have done the same thing, especially after just going through the trial. Yeah. And Boo Bradley having a history. Yes, and coming out wrong. Because they knew what happened, but at the same time, they knew the other side of the story. Yeah, and so did you catch the the callback there? To to turn him in would be like shooting a mockingbird, mm-hmm. and it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. Yes, that was a that was a wonderful tie-in. Like there's a lot of Chekhov's guns here that I I missed completely. Look it up if you don't know what it is. But they're small things, which it, makes it even better. Right. So it's not like the obvious big gun that goes off. Yeah, it wasn't anything that I was like, oh, this is gonna come back, or here I can easily see how what's gonna happen. And then I love endings that don't give you endings. Yeah, I mean perfect. It was like perfect closure. He just walks into Jem's room, and that was it. Like, and then it, it's not like she goes. Now that I told you that story, although there is a there's a second book. There is. She published it more recently, but it's not like we get to go back and hear this whole story because that was the background. Mm-hmm. Like that was the story, and it's perfect. I don't I don't need it's anything else. It's a very else. subtle ending, which I enjoy, because it leaves questions, but at the same time, none. All the important things are wrapped up. Yeah, but I was very satisfied. Yes, I it was at, a really good ending. I wasn't at the end going, oh no, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you do that? I was just like, huh, perfect. I think books now tend to, like, not leave enough loose ends. Well, when's the last book you read that, that wasn't setting up for a sequel because it was written in a trilogy to start with? Who writes the great American novel anymore that's like that one book that is that is self-contained and beautiful? Maybe we're just not reading the right books. If you know a good one, again, tell us on Twitter. Tell us in the Facebook group. Let's read it. Especially if it's, I mean, maybe it's not as good YA stuff, because they might be writing... My Some Men was a good standalone, but again, that's an older one. Yeah. Because it did leave the loose ends, and it was a good, it was a good, satisfying, tragic ending. Yeah, it was. Which I think books lack now, because everyone, no one wants the sad ending. Well, it seems like people are okay with killing a character or two. Mm-hmm. But not a fully tragic ending. Yes. Where, where I mean, of Mice and Men is a better example. This was not. This was a. This had some tragedy in it, but I don't think it was a tragic ending for the main characters. I mean, yep. obviously Tom's end where he went crazy and tried to run away. I still wonder if we, if that's just what they said. They just decided to kill him and said he was trying to run away. Also happened very frequently back in the day. Because mm-hmm. who's going to question the police officers? Exactly. Like, we all say he ran away. We, he shot, we shot him in the back because he was running away. Like, Who knows? Maybe he really did because he just couldn't bear the thought of leaving his wife and kids and whatnot. But I don't know. It does leave a lot of questions like that. It does. But they're not questions. Again, not questions that I'm Want the answers myself. for. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like an email Harper Lee. You're like, well, tell me what happened. All right, so that'll wrap it up for To Kill a Mockingbird. Great book if you are old enough to handle it. Yes. That's where we landed. And our next book is? Our next book is going to be The Knife of Never Letting Go by Patrick Ness, which is the first book in the Chaos Walking trilogy. Another trilogy, see? Nobody can just write a straight book. I know. We should read The Many Lives of, no, The Legion. The Many Lives of, uh, what's his name? Ooh, the one we listened to the audiobook for? Yeah. Yes. That's such a good one. I'll give you that one as a freebie. It's called Legions by Brandon Sanderson. It's three small short stories kind of things. We could do it with Zoe. She'd love that. Yeah, really good. I've read it twice now. It's really good. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to read The Knife of Never Letting Go. I know nothing about it. I don't know when it's set. I don't know what's going on, but we know the movie's coming out. I've read a chapter. (laughs) You've read a chapter. So that'll be our book for April. And then we'll have one more in May, and then we'll take our summer break. Yes. All right. All right, everybody. Happy reading. Thanks for listening.
Reading Radio is a podcast released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share-alike license. The music that you're now hearing is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, also released under a Creative Commons share-alike attribution license. Which means you can use this show for any non-commercial purpose as long as you give us credit. All notes and anything else you'd want to find out about Reading Radio can be found at reading-radio.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as join our Facebook group where you can contribute to telling us what books we should read. Because Reading Radio is all about bringing families and friends together through a mutual love of young adult literature, and we'd love for you to join us. Happy reading.